for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we're back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. She's from Houston, but is currently based out of L.A. We have Kendra from Kendra and the Bunnies. How's it going today, Kendra? Hey, it's going pretty well. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Tom. Absolutely, absolutely. I got, you know... I'm not going to lie. I had a slight panic attack when I saw you post about your show later tonight because oh. I didn't catch that it was Pacific time. And I'm right. like, oh, no. Yeah. And then I just caught it was Pacific time. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. We have plenty of time. That's yeah. That's refreshing. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for um, understanding that I've got another show. It's cool. Um, they messaged me and they said, hey, we're going to have you as a guest host on, on Wednesday. And I was like, OK, we can definitely make that work. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. totally. Um, so how are things going out in LA uh, musically? You know, I, I know we're kind of taking a giant step backwards <laughs> with everything, but. Yeah, I mean, things in LA are moving quite along. I mean, I record at home. I have been live streaming from home. I'm working on my third book of poetry. I've been doing a lot of just like self-reflection and stuff. So things are trucking right along. Mm-hmm. However, the outside world, <clears throat> It's a little bit different than it was three to four months ago. I had a tour scheduled up to San Francisco. My first time playing up the coast. Um, It's going to travel up to NorCal, stop in like a few different places and then land up there in San Fran and have my first San Fran shows. However, those have been postponed. So moved over to live stream. It's been cool because I've learned like all my songs backwards and forwards and back again. And my guitar skills have amped up quite a bit. And so, yeah, the gold lining and everything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but obviously, we'll, we'll COVID nineteen will get brought up throughout this podcast, just because everything's been a hundred percent affected by that. Yeah, uh, their PR team is so good. Yeah, like the most <laughs> famous non living entity <laughs> in the world, you know. Yeah. But um, let, let's first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast can't ever thank the musicians that come on here enough because we value everybody's time so much and just the fact that they that you would give us time to sit down here and chat is awesome and i really want to be i'm really appreciative of that so i just want to say thank you first off yeah Uh, thank you um but what what we like to do at the beginning here is just kind of get like the origin story um find out who you are what you're about what got you into music? So first question, what's your origin story? What, what got you into music? A long, long time ago. <laughs> I remember the day. Um, so actually, I do remember the day. I was about four years old, and I was wearing this like pink feather boa in my living room. And I saw this uh, blonde actress, a actress up on the screen of the television and there was just like something so specific about her that was captivating and there was like a twinkle in her eye and I turned to my mom and I was like is this what being a movie star is and she's like yes and I was like I want to do that 
So from there, we started taking me to theater classes, musical theater, that included dance classes, acting classes, vocal lessons. So I started singing at a very young age, started performing at a very young age, and learning all the different facets of my personality because I was being so many different characters all the time. Then in high school, I discovered poetry as well as rock and roll music. And that just about shook up my life. I was so excited to understand that rock and roll music is like something that stands for something. I mean, it, it feels good, it's vibey, and it also carries along the folklore of history in a certain extent, at least the history of musicians or the different types of like Americana stories that we talk about and stuff. So going from like something in musical theater where everything was about the story, a song is literally about like, you leave your house, this happens and this happens and you meet a character. I also gravitated to rock and roll music because it, it did the same thing. You know, they have like characters like Penny Lane or, um, you know, or like uh, different elements in Led Zeppelin that brings up this, this girl character. Um, so that, that started in high school. I studied theater as well in college and um, was writing poetry just all during this time. Started playing the guitar, guitar a good bit. And um, I remember after I graduated college, I was like, okay, what can I do with um, my writing talent, my acting talent, my singing talent and guitar? And it just was like a ton of bricks that hit me like multiple times. I was like, huh, what do I do with all this? What do I do? And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm a songwriter, la duh. Yeah. So that's that started, and then I officially launched in 2019 as um, Kendra and the Bunnies. Awesome, awesome. Um, and so you've got some new music getting ready to release. You got a new single, new EP. Um, when you sit down to actually like write your music, what what kind of what's your creative process? Um, it depends on what song it is and what element of the song is coming through at the time. For instance, the first single coming up on my upcoming album is titled. Nyko Nyko, N-Y-K-O, N-Y-K-O. So that was inspired. I was coming back from a trip from performing and recording at a recording studio in New York City. I got back to LA and I saw a license plate in front of me that said N-Y-K-O. And I was like, New York knockout. Oh my gosh, that's so catchy. And it also reminded me of the blues song, Iko Iko, as well as um, the Grateful Dead also plays Iko Iko into to not fade away. Those are classic blues songs that they revive through their music as well. So I took the essence of, of some blues songs that I felt inspired by, as well as this license plate that, that caught my attention. And that's how that song was born. In other ways, I will, you know, be about to fall asleep or like in the shower or doing whatever I'm doing. But sometimes it's so random, the times that the, the, the creative process is like, hey, look at this, look at what I brought you. Um, sometimes it's just a hook of a song and it'll just be something catchy. And I'm like, you know what? I, I need to write a whole song around just this catchy phrase. And then build out the song around that, you know, chord mm -hmm. progressions. And then sometimes it starts with chords that are just like, you know, the riffs of a guitar melody is just like super catchy. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let me build a song around this. And it's dependent on like what I'm going through how I feel, just like what, what hooks, what, what snags um, and sticks. It's like they write themselves sometimes. And the songs that don't write themselves, I'm like, hmm, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. 
That's really cool. Um, and so you recorded uh, Nico Nico in New York, actually, or um, was it a completely different song? And then I hadn't written it while I was in New York City. Um, I traveled up there to record at this recording studio called Lista Vol. And what they do is they do um, it's kind of like a Polaroid of your sound. You record directly onto a vinyl cut. So it's like one oh. take. Yeah, it's like one take. That's the take similar to a Polaroid picture in that way. Um, but I was really starting to get influenced by blues while I was up in New York City. I wrote Nyko Nyko, um, I don't know, like eight months ago or something, but I was back mm -hmm. in LA. Okay. Yeah. And so you, re you ended up recording that song specifically in LA then? Yeah, I record a lot of my stuff at home. I, I went to the Musicians Institute to study, which is a, um, uh, music school out here in LA. I went to specifically study a lot of those elements so that I could handle and grapple all the different stuff that, that the music industry has. Cause mm -hmm. I've been studying acting for years. So like I knew all the terms, I knew how to stage manage, write, direct, um, you know, edit film, all the elements of acting, but I wanted to learn all the elements to being a songwriter. So I learned, I learned how to sound engineer. Um, I learned logic 10 on an advanced level as well as um, you know how to record what equipment to use, um, how to how to mix and master gotcha, as well. Gotcha. Yeah. So you pretty much haven't been stopped by the uh, whole pandemic going on because you have the ability to. That's record. funny. Yeah. So I wanted to record my third album, it, the one we've been talking about um, at a recording studio. And I had a few different recording studios reach out to me but it just kind of was like a sequence of events of being being stuck at home for a while. So I was like, okay, uh, well, I'll just write, I'll just record this album at home. And then when the next one comes about um, that will follow shortly, cause I've already written a good portion of that too. Um, potentially I'll record the next one in the studio. It just depends on like who, what, when, where, and why. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And what's the uh, name of the uh, third studio album? It's titled Of Thank You. Cool. And it, uh, it's like, it's like saying, yeah, so it's like of thank you. It's saying it's of gratitude. This portion of this phase of my career and this phase of songwriting is all about saying thank you and having gratitude for the elements that led me to be able to pursue my dreams and really like love, do what I love and love what I do. And uh, when you were sitting down to really like when you got the idea, okay, I'm ready to record the third, our third album here. Was it, did you already have specific songs written towards this album or did you just kind of start like picking song? Like what was yeah. kind of the process? Um, a, a little bit of both. I had written a good portion of the songs um, prior and had been performing them for a while. Some of them were poems as well that, I later decided that they would be great as songs. And then a few of them I wrote during the beginning of quarantine. So like in March, April, May, or mm -hmm. I wrote like a couple of them in March and then practiced them a bunch during my live streams and was like, these perfectly fit in with the theme of the album. And so, um, yeah, a little bit of both. Awesome. And um, so obviously with everything going on, you, you brought up that you've been doing like the live streams and stuff how what's that kind of been like for you was that like an adjustment going from doing like live 
in-person shows or was it mm. not that big of an adjustment for you? Um, it was an adjustment in the way of like, when I'm on a live stream, there's immediate feedback from people. So if I'm like, it's just like whatever expression and whatever I'm going through is directly able to be picked up by the camera right there in front of me and people can comment on it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it really helped open up an avenue where I felt like I could be, and my music really fits this avenue too, where I felt like I could be more vulnerable because it's like, look, I'm right in front of you guys and, and you know, you're seeing me perform right here in live action. It's completely a live stream. Um, and then as far as like the sound levels and figuring out how to like get my sound best for live streams, it just took a few tries before I realized, okay, it sounds good on my phone. If I do the elements on my PA system and my microphone at a certain level, and then on my laptop, if I like do a few couple settings on my laptop as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because we did a few, we've tried doing a few of the live streams as far as like actual music shows, doing it through Zoom here. Mm -hmm. And like my, on my end, like, so I would host it and then we'd just kind of swap out the musicians as like the time slots were assigned. And my audio sounded good because I'm running through an interface. I've got the microphone, mm -hmm. you know, so it's good. But a lot of like a lot of the musicians just didn't have that elaborate of a setup. And mm -hmm. then Zoom also has like some weird, like they call them uh, like things that are, it's like stuff, like they've got like an auto EQ thing, like an yeah, auto leveler yeah. to make sure. And compression too. Yeah. Yeah, they do like yeah. an auto compression and then you got the internet compression. So it just like EQs out all the like guitar. So you're just yeah. like yelling into a tin can and it sounds terrible. But like if you run it through an interface, it kind of bypasses all that. Um, right, right. So, you know, That's we, a good point. yeah, we went through a lot of the same learning curves and the last live show we did, we just got beaten to the ground. So it's just kind of like, yeah, I think yeah. we're good on the yeah, yeah. Well, I use a PA system and it picks up on the sound pretty well. I'm also a singer songwriter with a really kind of raw and edgy essence anyway. Mm -hmm. So having that kind of like grit, it, it, is, it works out in my favor. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Um, and so, and well, and that's the other thing about the live streaming aspect is when it, everything was first really like going, I noticed that some musicians had a huge learning curve because they're so used to doing live shows where they get that feedback, like that audible feedback from the mm -hmm. audience. So mm -hmm. like they finish a the song, they get applauded or like whatever reaction they're going for. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they let it die down and go on. So when they're mm -hmm. doing a live stream, they're waiting for that feedback and they don't yeah. get it. Yeah. And so like, there's this weird, awkward transition, like they don't know what to do. Right, um, right, right. But that's well, cool. It's like, what do I talk about? Because, because I mean, some of the stuff, st some of the things that are going on, I was just like, I don't even know what to talk about. So I just, you know, it opened up another avenue of being vulnerable in the way of like, I'll either say what's on my mind um, in a respectful way. I mean, most stuff that's on my mind is pretty respectful. Um, or I'll just say, okay, thanks. And then go on to the next song. I mean, you know, I did work on, I have been working on a couple stand-up jokes and it's really hard to do stand-up when there's no audience. Cause it's like crickets. It's like, yeah. but I'm, um, and then no laughter. I'm like, Oh, 
Well, yeah. then <laughs> you get that's when you get like the sound effects board and you just like hit the button when the laugh is supposed to cue. Just put a <laughs> laugh button in there. Yeah, that totally works actually. Yeah. Uh, so during the pandemic, have you been doing anything to kind of challenge yourself musically? Yeah, um, my guitar proficiency has gone up a huge amount. Um, and just being able to, like the muscle memory between transitioning through chords and stuff has just started to be there on such a higher level that it's it's kind of like transcendent. So now I'm just really listening and honing in the sound versus being so preoccupied with you know, finger placement or vocal placement on top of transitioning between chords. Um, additionally, uh, working on this upcoming album, I have really, really um, raised up my uh, skills on recording and mixing and mastering okay. and just like getting the sound and, and getting a couple takes, like doing one take and being like, either this is it or doing two takes and being like, okay, the second one is it, or maybe like the first one, but, but kind of like honing my ear and be in because I've been listening to myself and having all this time for self-reflection. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then next, next I'm going to start working on piano again. I used to play piano as a kid and I know music theory pretty dang well. Um, interesting story. My grandfather, my grandmother recently passed and I didn't really get to know her as much as I would have liked to. However, her stuff was sent to us, a, a few of her belongings. And I was at my mom's house in Texas actually recently. And she opened one of the boxes that um, the lady who was taking care of her sent us. And it was just like piles of sheet music and lyrics. Oh, wow. And so she was not only a great singer songwriter, but prolific. So I'm going to start learning her songs, her original songs on the piano. And I feel like that's going to be such a cool way to get to know my family on, you know, my grandma on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. Like, did you know, well, obviously you knew beforehand that she was a great singer songwriter, mm -hmm. but did you, what, what yeah. did you know that there was all this sheet music and all this music sitting there or was, was it kind of a surprise when you got it? It was kind of, a surprise because she seems like the type of person who would be like scribbling on napkins and just like writing all the time like that's the amount of material and the amount of lyrics that were in um those boxes where it just like made me realize um oh this is where i get it from you know um this is where i get my my aptitude for just writing and writing and writing all sorts of stuff um as well as it's interesting because I think from what I looked over, um, she she writes in a different songwriting way than I do. So she writes in kind of like, I don't know, I could see her songs in like Disney movies or something. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and so all her stuff was written for the piano? Was, yeah, mostly. Know. There might be some orchestral stuff in it because um, she did record in the studio with like more instruments, but mm -hmm. most of her stuff's written for the piano. Awesome. That's really cool. And it, that'd be really awesome to see like your interpret interpretation of your grandma's music and just kind of see where you go with it. Yeah. You know, um, but um, so with your new EP, or is it an EP or is it a full length album? Full length album. Full it, it has 14. 
14 tracks. It's either 14 music tracks and the 15th track is a spoken word, or I think it's, yeah, I think it's 14 music tracks. And then I do a spoken word element at the end of each music release. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. I've I've been trying to get more into spoken word stuff, just kind of trying to listen to it and see what, because I hear a lot more people talking about it. So I was like, well, let me see what it's about. And it's super empowering, you know, because people are just like, this is what's going on. This is the way I feel about it. And um, they recite it with such emotion and stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you have like firm release dates for everything? I know you said like the single you're looking at like August or something. Yeah, so um, I haven't chosen a date yet, um, but just August, um, I just got back the lead guitar for the lead guitar track for um, the single. So I'm thinking late August for the single Mm -hmm. and then mid September for the album. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how's the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And how's the, obviously the whole COVID thing has kind of affected the release of everything, but did it really push everything back or were you hoping to get it out sooner during the summer? Um, I always try to, even like as a writer, I always try to move the deadline up on myself to like, I wanted to have it out in July. And then it just was like, well, the, I had it all recorded by the time I wanted to have it recorded. Mm. So yes and no, I sometimes have a flexible deadline um, because it just makes me more stable as someone who writes and is creative and works for myself and stuff like that. Um, but pretty yeah. much it's all, it's all on point, especially okay. since I recorded it at home. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so you'd mentioned that you've, you're, well, you're from Houston, but you've been living in LA off and on for the last six years, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you moved out to Colorado for a little bit to kind of yeah. see what that was about. Um, <laughs> see the snowboard behind me? Yeah. So I, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's probably places to go snowboarding in California. Yeah, right? there there is too. But I love the Colorado mountains so much. The Rocky Mountains are like something very special. Gotcha. What yeah. was it? What was it about uh, Colorado? Um, what was it about Colorado that you just? it didn't speak to you or whatever because you'd mentioned you were oh. like it spoke to me so much um oh. i moved to denver and honestly i met some of the closest friends that i've ever met some mm-hmm. of the coolest people that listen to the best music and they have the underground jam band scene and it was everything that i've ever hoped for mm-hmm. to be around and i loved it but at the end of the day after you know because i kind of went there on a soul searching mission so at the end of the day after being there for two years i was like well, I found myself and it, I need to go back to LA because Los Angeles, you know, encapsulates everything that I need as an artist mm-hmm. and as an actress as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's really cool. You know, cause it's, it's one of those things I, I, this was a conversation we had on the podcast last night was sometimes that change of perspective or the change of location will change your perspective, you know? Yeah. Like if you met me, at, ask any one of my friends from back in Chicago, if you met me 15 years ago, you probably wouldn't have liked me. I was a completely <laughs> different person. I yeah. was an evil little shit. Like if, uh-huh. if, you know, and then I just went away. I moved away for a little bit and it was mm-hmm. just kind of like changed my entire perspective on things. And I told myself about 10 years ago, I'm never moving back to Chicago. So, right just because I didn't like who I was there so 
And there's different elements to different areas that we live in that bring out like different aspects of our personality. When I was in Denver, I was a little bit more granola, um, lots of Birkenstocks, less makeup, just chill, relax, Grateful Dead 24 seven, although it is still very much Grateful Dead 24 seven. Um, but you know, then in, when I'm in Los Angeles, it brings out more of my Valley girl side and like get dressed up and heck, maybe throw some Britney Spears on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I grew up listening to her. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm, I'm about that age range, I guess. I mm -hmm. That was more of my sister's thing because, you know, as a 12-year-old boy, what am I doing listening? What am I going to do listening to Britney Spears? Right. But, you know, right. Um, you know it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but that, that was like right around my age range. Uh, so you, you obviously, or you obviously didn't decide to move to Denver full time and ended up going back to LA, which, you know, I, I completely understand because LA yeah. is the few times I've been there is amazing. Yeah, it's really, really great here. Um, I kind of knew that I would be back. It was just like an element of <clears throat> being right out of college and just needing to find myself and grow up a little bit before really launching myself into the entertainment industry. <laughs> also, because then when I got back, I was just super you know grounded and ready to be exactly who i am besides being just young and innocent <clears throat> absolutely have, yeah. did you ever give thought about moving back to houston or texas in general or um not necessarily just at times when the world is going crazy i'm like boy i bet it's a little bit more relaxed in texas right now <clears throat> it's otherwise it's... no i mean i love texas it's always going to be somewhere i go to two or three times a year yeah. but i'm a california girl yeah. although i know home is always there and secure yeah yeah i've only been here for since october so i'm still trying to figure out everything about texas because it was like i moved in right before like a month before thanksgiving so mm -hmm. i had like a month before the holidays like really hit yeah and then january and february are like really busy times for live and amplify because that's when we get out and we start doing some of the uh, florida music festivals cool and then like march hit and it's like yeah well i can't get out and do anything <laughs> so yeah. all right here i am you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so people ask me all the time it's like you how do you like wake on it's like uh, i i went out one weekend in may just because it was yeah. a nice weekend and uh, everything was kind of starting to loosen up a little bit yeah. but i haven't really been out yet so i don't know can't tell you the food in texas is really good yeah yeah i can't find a decent chinese place though that, that kind oh. of that kind of irritates me a little bit but. oh my gosh ha have you tried like all of them in your area uh there's a few that i haven't tried yet and it's just mm -hmm. mainly because I, they're either out of, like, if I'm going to go drive and pick it up, it's like out of my way or whatever, you know. But, yeah. I have uh, hope for you that you find the Muku Gai Pan you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like that, that's one of the things that I used to eat when I was back living in Chicago all the time. I always, there's mm -hmm. like two Chinese places that I went to, and it was just kind of like that. It's like a weird comfort food, but it's like, mm -hmm. it kind of reminds me of home. So. But yeah. I just haven't found it yet here in Texas. So, you know, yeah. I'll find it eventually. Yeah, you will. Yeah. Well, so 
out in LA, you're doing the music thing, you're doing some write, you're writing books, you're doing uh-huh. freelance. Is it technically like freelance writing for magazines or is it like uh a- Um, I'm like a columnist for a, for one magazine, Easy Way Magazine, where I'm mm-hmm. in every issue, I write two articles. Um, and then as far as like, I, as far as freelance writing work, I do dr- music journalistic work for a few different um, channels for uh, Shakedown News, Spin Cycle Presents, and Live for Live Music. So it just depends, one, when shows open back up and which one likes different types of my articles. Um, I'm also working on a memoir right now, as well as my third book of poetry. Um, I'm going to start on pretty soon. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's uh, actually writing was one of the reasons we relaunched our website, because originally when we first started doing Live and Amplified, we had a website and then it'd be like the expenses became too much. And I was just like, Mm. all right, well, this is an unneeded expense. And then uh, myself and Jeff, my sound engineer that does all our mixing when we go do like live sessions Mm -hmm. we were talking about doing a a book like just a diy tour by yourself type deal Mm -hmm. and uh you know so we were talking about it and we always whenever we'd get sit down and start like mapping out what we wanted to do Mm -hmm. it was always very overwhelming because it was like for me, I like to sit down and write things out in big batches. Like if I'm not going to get like 10 pages or 15 pages mm-hmm. done in one sitting, then I don't want to yeah. sit down to do it. Right, Where right, right. At, so we launched this website and I started breaking everything down smaller because I knew like keep it to a thousand words or whatever, you know, yeah. for an article. And it just kind of really helped me because yeah. I was able to like focus in on certain things so right um it depends like for instance I just wrote an article about my time um playing shows in Texas I played in just like two weeks ago I played in Houston uh Fort Worth and Georgetown which is 30 minutes north of Austin so I wrote a little article on those experiences and just submitted it um to be looked over and edited so yeah, the, uh, one of the first things he said was, boy, this is a long article. <laughs> but it's just sometimes I get inspired. I started writing it on the plane. I was just like, da, 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 da. Next, nice. you know, three pages. So Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's really yeah. cool. And now are these like actual, like hard copy magazines or are they more like digital type? Digital thing? magazines. Yeah, okay. digital. Yeah, I think that's, well, I mean, that I, that seems to be, unless you're like already a well-established publication everything's Mm -hmm. kind of digital at this point so yeah I I think it's fun to do print like a couple times a year maybe like a quarterly print magazine Mm -hmm. Um, and I have come across a few magazines that do that especially for ones that write about Kendra and the Bunnies for press like I've been Mm -hmm. in some print magazine articles for press Um, yeah the ones that I currently write for as a music journalist are mostly online Mm. awesome um, and so let's talk about your books a little bit, because that, that's always really cool. Like, as somebody that I was never like, I have English teachers that told will tell you, this guy will never write anything of any substance, because his grasp of the English English language mm-hmm. is subpar, really verbatim, like just like, you know, 
I, I'm not that good at grammar, punctuation. I had a third grade teacher tell me, oh, don't worry about your spelling because computers will do it for you. Yeah, well, computers will re-autocorrect it to something that you weren't trying to say. Yep. That's yeah. what they didn't know back in 1993. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Whenever I was in third grade, you know. Yeah. So um, what, what's the, you said you have two books that are already out and then you're working on two more, which is the poetry and the memoir? Yeah. Um, so I've got, actually I actually have it right here behind me. Awesome. Okay, here's the first one. This one is titled The Politics Of, and then I've got my um, author's name or like my real name right there. My name, however you say that. Um, and it's over 300 pages of poetry, one act plays and um, philosophical essays as well as original photography. I used oh, wow. to do a lot of photography in high school. Um, so this was just like pretty natural to start pairing them with different poems. Um, so these started as, I was like, I wanna write a book and I was like, what do I write it about? And then I thought, you know what? I literally have like a basket full of journals from all the years um, from when I started writing poetry. So I started at like 14. So I decided to just start typing them up and then putting them together, adding format, adding the photography. And then I realized like, whoa, these all fit really nicely next to each other. And it's kind of like an outline to a structure abstractly of who I am as a person. So like the memoir, when I'm done writing it will be, you could probably look back and trace some of the elements in it. So this is somewhat chronological, I mean. Um, so that's called The Politics Of. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, you can also get it on my website. Um, the link to my website is on like my Facebook and stuff like that. Um, and I'll hand sign it for you. This one's called <laughs> The Pro Project Non-Arc Operation Clown School. So this is um, written from a period of time after I graduated college. I was living in Venice Beach, California at the time. That is a very interesting place. It is just, it feels like a real life lifetime circus. It is just absolutely crazy. So I called this area of my, this uh, portion of my life Operation Clown School because I felt like a clown. I felt like I was learning so many elements about how the universe works and how I work and how I work in relation to other people as well as Project Non-Arc is um, a riff on the idea of Project Monarch. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up. I won't go into it too much right now. But this is written in um, 13 parts. It's kind of like, so some of my most, in, uh, some of the people that have influenced me most, most throughout the years is Walt Whitman and Allen Ginsberg, as well as um, Emerson. So Walt Whitman wrote about his perspective on America when he was living in the late 1800s. It's called Leaves of Grass or Song of Myself. And it's just like, he's just writing about how he perceives society to be. Oh, and Henry David Thoreau too, but he writes like in a more like literature, literature way versus po poetic way. Um, and they just talk about how they see things um, from where they are. And this is kind of my version of that. And I talk about how, um, you know, media conditions us to think a certain way and that we need to wake up and see what that is that's being conditioned and programmed into us. Um, that is very relevant right now. This is yeah. also available on Amazon. Um, here's me with a bundle of sage and me with the guitar. This one's like 60 pages. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
So the all those are the two that are out right now. Where are yep. you kind of at currently with uh, the two that are being written? Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so I've I've written all the poetry and stuff that will be in the third book. It's just about putting to, it together in order and formatting it. So that mm -hmm. one I'm about to actually start formatting and putting into order. I'm also going to include all the lyrics from my first, second, and third album. And potentially, I'm still deciding on this part, write about what the song is about. In fact, I'll probably definitely include that. Write about what the song is about, the origin of it, how, how I wrote it, and all that backstory that's included with the song lyrics, as well as, okay, so that's the third book of poetry, just on the horizon of beginning. Then we have the memoir. Um, the thing about a memoir and writing it like in the middle of your life or the first quarter of your life, whatever, um, mm -hmm. is that something new happens every day and I grow up a little bit more each day and my voice matures as a writer a little bit each day. So it's been interesting to see the development of my voice while, while writing this memoir project. That being said, I'm about um, 60 to 70 pages into that one. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking it's probably going to be, I mean, 300 pages or something at the rate of description yeah maybe like 250 to 300 awesome awesome and yeah. is it going to be one of those uh is it going to be a book that just kind of progresses as your life and career progresses or do you mm -hmm. see it yeah yeah definitely i mean it'll just kind of um go on and on and on and then i'll have the cap on it uh wherever i am when i get to that point you know i'll just have this natural breaking point where i'll say okay and that's done and then next i'll move on to part two when i'm ready to start writing part two that's awesome that's really cool yeah and are, are you doing it like as like a daily journal entry type thing or do you do you do like a daily journal type thing or is it that would be cool because there is this one quote that's by stephen king that says if you wrote a page a day by the end of the year you'd have a book because you'd have 365 pages. Yeah. So when I read that, I was super inspired and then wrote a good deal of it. And now it's just like whenever I sit down to write it. But now that you mention it, maybe I will challenge myself to start writing one or two pages a day because then it yeah. just is like done so soon. Yeah. 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 I, I've started doing that a little bit. It's not quite, it's not a page a day. It's just kind of like right before I go to bed, if I got a lot of things on my mind, I'll just go in and write them down. Just A, so if it's something important, I don't forget, but if it's like a profound thought or something, it's in writing somewhere. And so mm -hmm. if I want to come back and revisit it as a right. movie idea, film idea, TV show, you know, just like whatever it may inspire, you know, at least I have it somewhere. Yeah, so totally. It, it's really important to go in and write down your thoughts, especially with the rate of how fast everything changes over right now. Like there's stuff that I've told myself, Hey, don't forget this. Mm -hmm. And I, I forgot it. Like, damn it. That was a really good idea. You know? So. Yeah. But then even like the current, um, the current face of like our society is changing like almost daily. It's, you know, I was keeping up with the news for a little bit, I guess when I was at home in Texas, cause I don't have cable here in LA. Cause there's, I don't know, there's no point for me to have cable really. Um, but I was the... keeping, but I, I... I, want, I have like Netflix and like, well, no, no, no. I was going to say, because you can put up an old school TV antenna and you got 800 channels already. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, but I was keeping up with the news for a little bit. And I was just like, every single day, there's a new story. I'm like, whoa, this is like a really high turnover rate. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff happening every day. And it's like the story that was so important yesterday. And then all of a sudden, there's a whole nother story. And it's like, but what about the story we were talking about yesterday? 
that you said was so important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're talking, I work for the news industry, so I know exactly where you're going and where you're coming <laughs> from. So yeah. yeah, I, I work for uh, the ABC affiliate here in Waco. So yeah. Oh, I, cool. You know, I've, I sit in on those news meetings and it's like, Hey, this story is super important. And it's like, well, what about the eight people that got killed yesterday? Do we need to do a follow-up on that? No, we've covered it. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to ask anymore. Like, Right. So, and obviously that that's a hypothetical situation, but there's definitely been very similar conversations that have happened, you know? Right. Totally. So, but no, it's really cool. Like I, like I'd mentioned, I've been really trying to write down a little bit more and actually uh, about a month or so ago, I was kind of cleaning through some old bins because since I just moved here, I've kind of just like threw a bunch of stuff in the closet and I was going through <laughs> some old bins and I found a bunch of old film scripts that were like old school on notebooks. Like, nice. you know, and so I'm just sitting there like, all right, well, I'm never going to produce these just because these are like really immature film scripts. But I mm -hmm. thought about trying to like uh, do something as far as like a book with it, like yeah. just figure out what to do with them and how to chop it up and present it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've I've re read so many plays over the years, um, especially studying theater, that there is definitely a market for printed scripts. Yeah. And then when you put it out there, someone might want to produce it and create the film. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and it would have to be one of those situations where I go back and it's like, oh, yeah, we don't say that anymore. So like, let's, <laughs> let's clean this up a little bit. But, you know. Right, right. Uh, when you're when you're 18 and have no filter, it's just kind of like you're gonna hey, write a film script. Yeah, but but that's cool. I mean, we we of course have to be respectful, but there are some elements of like just allowing ourselves to have free speech. You know, it's important to be able to have an environment where we can say what we mean. Yeah, and mean absolutely. what we say. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm a big believer in that. I'm a firm believer in that, and mm -hmm. I would never. Uh, suppress anybody's ability to say what they mean and mean what they say and I wouldn't mm -hmm. do it to myself I wouldn't do it to you I wouldn't do it to anyone but it's also like I'm aware of the cli or climate that we currently live mm -hmm, in so mm -hmm. I want to be aware of it's like well this can be said a different way and still totally. mean what I say yeah totally yeah but the, then you got a more different perspective on how you actually think about it versus yeah how you thought about that as an 18 year old. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that it's been 15 years since I was 18, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but as, um, as the pandemic hopefully becomes less and less of an issue, what's the yeah. plan moving forward as you move towards the release of your album? Are you hoping to get out and touring more or are you like just kind of staying in California? You know. I am totally out there, ready to be out there and hit the road. I've actually got some shows set up in August um, in Arizona. I have family that lives in Arizona. So I'm going to oh, stay wow. with family in Phoenix and then play some shows around the Phoenix area as well as in uh, South Arizona. Okay. So that's in August. And then in October, I'm planning another trip to Denver nice. to play some shows at some, some venues out there. And I have some good press that um, wants to come out and review the shows as well. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, it's, um, and, it, um, you know, it's always 
awesome to get out and do shows. You know, it's like right now I'm itching. Like I just need to get out. And yeah, usually right now we're in the middle of a production run and it's just kind of like, it's not happening this year. So what do we, what do we do? Like, I I just want to get out and do something. Yeah. Yeah. um, Have you ever played in Arizona before or will this kind of be? Um, It'll it'll be my first time playing shows in Arizona. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you said you have family there. So I'm assuming. But I have family there. Yeah. Yeah, But I've, so I've been there a few times. It gets very hot during the summer. So I'm glad I'll be there. Well, I'll be there right then in August. It's going to be hot. It's going to be freaking hot. I lived in New Mexico for four years. I'm very aware of the the scorched earth that is August in the desert. Where did you live in New Mexico? Roswell. Oh, wow. So like Roswell where like the aliens are? Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. I took a, when I was uh, fresh out of college, I took a job there and everybody told me that I wouldn't do it. And I was like, okay, watch me. And two, <laughs> a month later I was in Roswell and they're like, oh, we yep. actually didn't think you'd do it. And I'm like, well, I did. So yeah, yeah. here we did are. You enjoy, did you enjoy your time there? <sighs> yes, actually. You know, it, it's kind of a weird question. Like if I went out there on if I were to go back out there, it wouldn't be under the same circumstances. I'd go out there for live and amplified because it's like, okay, mm-hmm. we're moving live and amplified to New Mexico. We're in a base out of Roswell. Because mm-hmm. Roswell has this really cool international appeal and U.S. appeal. So like mm-hmm. when indie bands are booking tours, it's not a hard sell to say, hey, come to Roswell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a hard sell. It's like, oh, like where the aliens crash? Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah it'll be like a really cool show yeah and so you know it if we were to move pick up and move everything it would be to roswell and plus two-thirds of my team is are still in roswell so it's like well you know once i kind of get to that financial point where all my bills are like minimal and i can make enough money from Mm -hmm. like ad revenue and all that stuff and Mm -hmm. just kind of be like hey let's move back to roswell yeah I'd, I'd go back in a heartbeat but if i had to go back and work like a regular nine to five job there mm. no nah, there's just no money there you know yeah you gotta so, do what you love yeah absolutely you know mm-hmm. and you know i wouldn't go up north because if you go up to albuquerque it's re- like too much like chicago it's really cold and like i've been to winters. albuquerque before yeah yeah the, the winters are really brutal there and it's just kind of like really? eh. does it snow there yeah in the mountains it does so like okay. i don't like in the um like when you're going to albuquerque mm-hmm. there's times where they'll shut down the um the access road to get into albuquerque because the snow mm-hmm. is so bad yeah um, but as far as in albuquerque i'm sure it has to snow like because, a couple times a year or something yeah, yeah absolutely cool but you know i just don't want to deal with the snow especially if people aren't used to driving in it or they don't know <laughs> yeah. how to drive in it it's like when it rains here in la people are like how do we drive and it's like i grew up in houston where it storms thunder <laughs> storms and floods and it rains and then actually that really helped me when i lived in denver for a little bit because i was like mm, do i know how to drive on snow and i was like oh it's just like driving in a really intense rainstorm yeah slow pump the brakes, slow, pump the brakes, watch out for that person on your right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, much. You know? Totally. Um, Cause I mean, if you're driving in the snow, it's like, I mean, the only time you really ever have to worry is when there's ice, but like ice is just like this 
you're right you shouldn't be driving if there's ice period like ice is a, ice like, is nerve-wracking to um ski on too yeah because sometimes you can't see it and all of a sudden you're like whoa i'm on ice yep it's intense uh, yeah but so you're how's um How's uh, the acting going right now with, you said you you did like a rec audition recording? Yeah, I just did a virtual audition. Um, so it's actually called a self-tape. Um, we've been doing self-tapes in the acting industry as, as soon as, you know, it became normal to have a video, uh, video camera in your house mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's also super convenient during this time because now self-tapes are being utilized to its fullest extent. So I just had an audition today where I played a nurse for a, I think it's like a murder mystery or a reenactment show. So I just, you know, did a little bit of, is there anything that you'd like me to tell the doctor that's been going on with you? <laughs> okay, great. I'm gonna take your heartbeat. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so that was fun, yeah. yeah. But um, I, things are gonna start opening back up with having like people on set and stuff. It'll yeah. just be probably bare, bare bones crew yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's, um living i really got into the film scene when i was living in new mexico i like my everybody i hung out with did like film and i that's what i went to school for so it's like all right well oh, yeah. everybody else here does film so like i might as well put my degree to work you know yeah right um and so like at one point it got to a point where we were starting to run out of actors and it's like all right well i guess i'll start acting because mm -hmm. when you only have like a dozen or so decent actors it's like you kind of need a spice of variety, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And doing like the pre-tapes was always like the most, I I never liked doing the pre-tapes just because it was like, oh, well, you still got to come in and audition and yeah. then you're, we're going to bring you back 20 times. And it's like, well then, like, what, yeah. what is, yeah. To do so. the initial screen test, yeah. Well, that's how it goes with like casting calls when they're not sure exactly what direction they want to go in yeah. or maybe the, the competition is stiff or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like interesting on when they decide who gets cast and what. I've gotten some roles where I'm like, "Whoa, I got that," or yeah. I've gotten, or, or there's been other times and I'm like, "Oh, no callback," but that's okay because the next one always comes around. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I yeah. I had a friend who done who's done some like feature. I guess it'd be more like featured extra stuff. He was in like Contagion and stuff like that when oh. he, back when he was living in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and then I guess like my biggest thing was I was a extra in the uh, sequel to Independence Day. Oh, that, wow. That, that was like my big thing. And then my scene ended up getting cut anyways. And I was oh, just like, because no. I, I don't know if you know anything about like the production behind that movie, but they ended up essentially shooting it twice. Why? Don't know. It, like I knew a few people on the crew there and they're like, this was supposed to be a three month shoot. Uh -huh. we ended up shooting for six months and we everything at one point they threw out the entire script rewrote it and yeah re, yeah i'll re, have to check it re, out so. and add it to the list of movies to watch yeah i i mean if you don't you're not missing much <laughs> so yeah but you know it's just funny because that film set was so interesting they brought me in for one role and they were like, oh, well, you'd be so much better at this role. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. So I was originally supposed to be like a civilian in an alien attack. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, well, we, we really need soldiers. We'd rather have you be a soldier. Would you be interested? And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I, 
do I need to come back or what's the deal? And they're like, um, well, soldiers don't report till 8 p.m. tonight. And I'm like, okay, well, it's 8 a.m. So do you want me to leave and come back? Or yeah. like, what do you want me to do? And they're like, well, you can leave or you can sit here and continue to get paid. And I'm like, right. okay, well, I drove three and a half hours to be here. So I'm right. going to sit here and get paid. Right. You no. Know? So yeah. that, that was a fun yeah. like 24 hours. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. Well, I've been on set for some really long shoots as well, with some that go until like 4 a.m. in the morning. Um, we did this one that's actually featured on my IMDb page, um, where I played a, um, I played a party goer. And so we filmed it at night. We started, a night shoot generally starts around 8 p.m. or something like that. Um, and we were off of Mulholland Drive, which is this area in the Santa Monica Mountains. So once it like gets dark, it gets really cold. Mm -hmm. But we were we were actually shooting the film in like February, but it was supposed to look like it was summertime. So I was like wearing a long sleeve shirt and I was like, uh, they're like, what other shirts do you have? And I'm like, please, can I wear the long sleeve shirt? It was um, very cold. And then the shoot lasted till 4 a.m. But it was really wow. fun. And I need to like check out that movie. I think it's probably online somewhere. Yeah. It's titled <laughs> Little B-I-T-C-H's. Well, that's at least how you spell it. I think I did see it on your IMDb because I, I was looking yeah. through your IMDb a little bit. I was like, oh, that's really, that's interesting, you know? Yeah. Because you brought up about how random your IMDb page is. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, you know, like, I mean, I feel like that's a lot of actors. Like they have like the most real, really random things on their IMDb. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, how's, uh, so you did the, or an audition this morning. Mm -hmm. Um is there any like word when things are going to start as far as like people being able to go back to work? Is there kind of any work? Cause I know I got mm. some friends out there that are just kind of like, I saw that June 15th, they were going to start having in-person auditions again. Maybe it was July 15th. Cause I was out of town for a little bit of June, but I know that in-person auditions were going to begin again. Um, but everything has started to get closed down once more so now we're just back to essential businesses i think mm. um restaurants were closed down today um but outdoor restaurants um are okay to stay open so i mean yes and it's no I, i'm thinking and hoping we can get back out there as soon as things are okay to get back out there it's just it's i mean yeah. upsetting it's upsetting gotcha yeah. But you, you've got enough going on outside of the acting thing. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, honestly, I've been a little bit more busy just being at home during this whole thing because I do a lot of live streams. I do a lot of podcasts, freelance writing work. So that has kind of even amped up in some regards because it's like uh, people are reaching out to me with new, new and more opportunities because they're like, well, you're at home. Here's some more opportunities. I'm like, awesome. Got three yeah. articles I need to write currently and um some album reviews and mixing and mastering my upcoming album and some live streams podcasts and more nice that's yeah. you know it's it, it's one of those things because it's like you see a lot of these businesses that are just kind of like closing down whereas a lot of these free a lot of the freelancers out there and a lot of the internet businesses are like nope we're doubling down like yep. yeah we might be losing money but we're doubling down you know i've even seen some like in-person store like around here in Waco they're going to like eBay and stuff like if they're really yeah they're, they're setting up like eBay stores or mm -hmm. Amazon like 
you know, like whatever is convenient for them, it just to kind of stay alive because they don't qualify as an essential business, but they still need to figure out a way to make a profit, you know? Yeah. And I think that they should be able to, you know, um, in some regards, uh, I mean, there are some places that are open and I would love to see everyone to be able to, um, you know, choose for themselves to open up their business. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, as we kind of start working towards the end of the podcast here, first off, I want to thank you so much. I know you got a live stream coming up here in about an hour, so I don't want to burn you out too much. (laughs) Are you like, what's the uh, live stream that you have coming up? Are you actually like playing music or what's kind of? It's a group called the musicians hangout they've had me on for a concert series where i performed about a 30 minute set for them but today i'm guest hosting so i think we're doing like a concert series variety show with them and i'll be a little hollywood square sharing my opinion and saying what i liked about it and just kind of like being someone who's interviewed and and yeah like guest hosting and stuff i'm always prepared to play a song or two nice as well if they want me to yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. And th- that starts at 7 p.m. Pacific? Yeah, at 7 p.m. Pacific. And it'll be streamed on their Facebook, the Musicians Hangout, as well as I'll go re- go ahead and reshare it to my mm-hmm. Facebook profile as well. Awesome. And then when I see it pop up, I'll make sure to share it on our page. You know, we're cool. all about sharing the love. And, you know, I love watching live streams just because it's a lot easier. Just like, I'm sitting here working. Let's have a live stream going on in yeah. the back, you know. It's fun to have all this different type of media and like all sorts of people putting out their creative work and putting out their journalistic work and, you know, people like you who host podcasts, like this is really entertaining to meet all sorts of different types of people and stuff. And so thank you so much for having me on the show. It means a lot to me. Yeah. I'm glad you're able to make it on. A couple of final questions for you though. When you're not doing, when you're not working music, or writing or whatever. Yeah. What are you doing? What do you do to kind of get away from things? I'm thinking about working and I'm thinking about my emails and songs. One, two, um, I'm kind of kidding, kind of not. I love to see live music absolutely so much. I was really looking forward to be fish being on tour this um, summer, but it's mm-hmm. been postponed a little bit. So live music is what I look forward to. I love music festivals. Um, I also love just like going out into nature and like taking walks around my neighborhood, calling friends, seeing friends, um, hula hooping, writing poetry. Um, I love eating at restaurants and I love, I love eating and enjoying the fun stuff in life and traveling and nice. kitty cats. Nice. <laughs> I, I need to get myself a pet of some sort. I know, That's, I know. It, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like when there's not a global pandemic, I'm gone <laughs> so much. It's just like, it yeah. wouldn't be fair. Right. That's what I was thinking too. You know, so it's like as much as I'd love to have like a dog or a cat or something, like not so much a cat. I'm not so much a cat person, Mm -hmm. but I feel like at this point, just anything, you know, would be cool. Yeah. I mean, you could still get a pet. You you just have to consider all the time of either having someone come to your house, put them in like the puppy hotel. Lots of puppies like the puppy hotels, or you you could get one where you can just bring it in a little carrier, like a little. (laughs) first pooch 
Well, luckily for me, whenever we travel, I drive. I'm not. It's so weird because when when I was younger and we'd go on vacation, we'd fly. We'd fly Mm -hmm. a lot. We'd also Mm -hmm. drive a lot, but we'd do like more than the average family. We flew. Mm -hmm. And just now it's kind of like, I think I'm going to drive. Like Mm -hmm. if I have to choose between driving from here to say, let's say from here to L.A because mm-hmm. it's a trip you're vaguely familiar with mm-hmm. i'm gonna drive and not fly i don't so know what why. what it would take you about 24 hours probably two days i'm sorry Let's like see, a eight, eight hours eight hours to roswell eight hours to t- phoenix and then eight hours yeah so about 24 hours mm-hmm. would um, that take you about two days because would you stop to rest it would take me 24 hours i drive straight through oh my goodness or maybe maybe like 30 because at some point i will stop to take a nap at a gas station or something totally but yeah. totally yeah. that's fun that's fun you could totally have a road dog with you it, it's it's fun until you talk to my friends that made a trip from roswell new mexico up to kalispell montana mm-hmm. and we yeah, that wasn't a fun trip because oh, we, we we mapped out a few places and it was just kind of like, all right, we're going to stop here and here uh-huh. on our way up. And it was just a nightmare the entire time yeah. because at some point our cell phone stopped working and our GPS stopped working. So it was like we're driving around Montana like, uh, where the hell are we? I have right. no idea where the highway is, you know, right. and so right. uh, that was bad. Got to get a good old key map. Yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't even yeah well no they do make them still yeah, yeah yeah totally i drove by a key map store in texas oh well. like this reminds me of home key map yeah. stores yeah. crazy yeah. <laughs> but um so last question before we wrap it up mm-hmm. why music oh um music is full encompassing and immersive I find that it's the best avenue for my message because it adds depth and weight to my poems and my lyrics. And it, it provides an ability for me to perform. Um, so I get to put on my, my actress hat while also being completely myself and letting my music just just be me. And it, it just like speaks volumes and creates these landscapes, these psychic lam- landscapes that people can share and experience in time together. You know, after a concert, some really impactful concerts, I'll just be like, look to my friend and I'm like, did you just see and witness all that I just saw and witness? And they're like, yes. You know, Mm -hmm. from their own perspective, but also like in a very shared perspective. Yeah, because it's like you all saw the same thing, but you interpreted it different. Yeah, yeah. So that's really awesome. You know, I and I think I need to start going to concerts with that mindset of just, Yeah. yeah like going because i'm so used to kind of just going by myself and it's just like no start bringing some friends start enjoying it together and yeah yeah but no it's really cool um so where can everybody find you online social media new music new books all that yeah. fun stuff. um so you can find me on facebook i'm kendra the bunnies music mm-hmm. um just like it sounds um my website is my full name Kendra Elizabeth Um, that's also linked on my Facebook as well on Instagram. I'm Ken bunny, K E N B U N N Y. 
I'm very active on Instagram. That's also my Twitter handle if, if you like Twitter. Um, on YouTube, you can find me. I'm Kendra and the Bunnies. I've got lots of material on YouTube from live performances, live streams, the studio albums. I even do like product reviews. I have people send me, um, you know, skincare products and stuff like that, and I'll review them. Also, some of my acting auditions are on my YouTube channel. Um, all of my music, including the first, sec first and second CD, are um, on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Google Play, SoundCloud, literally all those platforms, as well as you can search Kendra and the Bunnies on Pandora and create a station that's similar to my, my style of music. It's really nice. It's like an easy listening Americana kind of twangy feel to it, um, including all different types of voices. Um, yeah, and if you say my name three times in a mirror and spin around, I'll appear nice. <laughs> to answer whatever questions you have. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once again, thank you so much. I can't ever say that enough. You know, it's just, nice. I really appreciate the time and especially when you got a show coming up, it's just like, ah. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's been great to be on the show and this is super fun. Um, it was great talking with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so once again, thank you so much. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you guys later.